Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Ruto and AJ coming at you live. Before we jump into the show, my DraftKings pick of the week, I have Tampa Bay covering against Columbus. They're giving a goal and a half. Columbus is in absolute shambles right now with the whole PLD situation. They got nothing going on right now. So I think Tampa Bay, easy pick for that one at DraftKings Sportsbook. It's plus 170. <laughs> For Tampa Bay, a pretty good team to cover on that one. You can also bet on not hockey if you know you actually like your odds to be good because hockey betting can get a little bit sketchy sometimes. Either way, DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered top to bottom on any type of bet you want to make, including on the upcoming UFC this weekend, where you can bet $1 to win $257 when you sign up with a new account with code DNVR on McGregor to win by knockout in the first round. For $1, it's worth a chance. Go ahead and shoot your shot with that one. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to get that opportunity and a $1,000 sign-up bonus as well. For a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling prom call 1-800-522-4700. Got a little bit of a, a victory puppy off to the side here. Hi, Rex. Uh, AJ, the simple question, which I think is why everyone's chilling tonight. Is a W the cure for all ailments? Uh, Yeah, man. Uh, I went to the doctor this afternoon and I was like, doc, I've got all these problems. What do I do? And he just said, just catch some dubs. There you go. Just catch And I was like, all right, man, where do I go to get them? And he was like, well, you can do all these different things, but all you got to do is just catch some dubs. (laughs) Not complicated. Get out well, there. I'm glad it. you went to medical school, bro. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad you spent all that time and all that money on a, on a degree because it's that simple. Just catch them dubs. All right, Boom. well, it's going to be like that. It's going to be like that. Pretty easy life. And at the end of the day, in the standings, that's all that matters. It doesn't matter whether the Owls look sloppy as hell in this game, which, by the way, they did. But they got the dub at the end of the night. Two points is two points. 
Get I mean, the dubs. Pretty simple. Pretty simple math there. It was a. Uh, I'm not going to say it was a routine night for the Avs, but we'll start off with another good start to a game, right? It seems like every first period so far, they've come out and looked pretty solid. No different tonight. They end up getting a power play goal fairly early on in the first period. Another uh, another Sam Gerrard special on this one, who, um, by the way, has five points in five games and has been looking just immaculate with his passing. Yeah. He looks aight. He looks aight. Okay. Pretty comp. Didn't have the best pass of the night. We'll get to that. <clears throat> Don't worry. But Gerard, we just, Let's just do it now. Just do, we it, just now? do it now? Can we just I'd, Rip, like, rip through the nonsense and just do this now because people are talking about him going back to the WHL and all this bull. No, <laughs> even look, even if even if it was just a so-so start, uh, it doesn't matter because it wasn't a so-so start. The kid is awesome. You just keep him. Yep, he's gonna have a bad night at some point. Doesn't matter, but he's awesome. You just keep him. We talked. One of the great things about last night about Bowen Byram is. The fact that he just plays with confidence. The guy just has confidence no matter what, right? He's dripping in finesse, you would say. It's fine. But down tonight, he goes out and he plays the way that he did. And it's like, okay, well, here you go. This is this is your upside. The upside, the, the ceiling for your defense just went bum, 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 bum. And okay, great. Yep. You just I, get out of the way and let it happen. Get rid of Greg Patteron. That guy sucks. Bring me an Eric Johnson whenever he's ready to go. Bring back Connor Timmons, even if EJ's not ready to go. Put Patteron on waivers and be done with him. Let somebody else take his money and move on. The guy is garbage. He does not need to be on the team. It's not it's not 2017 anymore. You do not need to rely on baddie scrubbles like that. Just let it be. Ryan Graves needs to be your worst defenseman. That's it. You've got no reason, no reason to continue to play Scrubbo. The, the, guy's, the guy's bad. Just let it be. <laughs> All right. We'll let it be. I think it's not just confidence at any random point in a game with Bo, right? You saw his best plays tonight came drifting later on into the third period in a 1-1 tie. And this dude isn't afraid to throw a needle through two four-checkers right to McKinnon or completely activate deep into the offensive zone and throw a pass between a guy's legs to get the Avs the game-leading goal. There is... AJ, you talk a lot about how you don't believe in a clutch factor, and that's fine. But there is no shrinking from the moment from by them, Byram either. Yeah, I think that's just what makes you part part of what makes you a great player. I don't think it's a I don't think it's a clutch thing. I think when you talk about being a great player, I think that's part of it. Is that the big you show up in a big moment? I mean, we talk about we we talk about what's his face in Calgary had the great regular season, everything went really well for them, and then the Avs head butted them in the playoffs and showed them what was up, and he hasn't been the same since. I mean, there's a mental aspect to this. That dude is shook. He's <laughs> he's permanent. He's perma shook. He's got a condition that can't be cured. The only <laughs> thing that can cure it is that that dude goes home and just stops doing the thing. I I, I think I have a cure. 
playoff dubs. Yeah, it's it's catching dubs. And <laughs> yeah. You can't do that when he's your best player. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's definitely part of the game and not one that Byron is struggling with through two games. Yo, uh, so all, far, so all this talk about getting John Gibson. Did you, did you guys not see that John Gibson just got outplayed? Yeah, Gruby was fantastic. I, we probably don't have the graphic ready yet, but Philip Grubauer, easily the, the Avs' best player on the night. Yeah. All this talk, like Bowen Byron was cool. Nathan McKinnon was pretty good, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But Philip Grubauer was the best player for the Avs tonight. By a good way. This is this game is probably over before the start of the third period, if not for Philip Grubauer, and not in the Avs' favor. So... He ended up making what thirty six saves tonight. Yeah, thirty six saves from Philip Grubauer for the Abs to win three two tonight. Uh, not too shabby. Nine forty seven. That's on the save percentage. Dude was a beast, top to bottom. The second Ducks goal absolutely went in the net. We were asking this ourselves during the game, so I went in and frame by framed it. It it hit the camera. It went in the net. Do you uh, have a Do you have a an angle? Uh, I don't have. Like, I trust you, and I trust that the NHL looked at it and that they had the overhead look. We just, I watched the Ducks feed tonight, and they didn't have a look. They're only, they're only camera angles. You never actually see it go in the net. Yeah, I, I believe that it was messy, and you don't see it go in the net from these angles either. But you see enough that you can tell that it did, in fact, go in the net at some point. So let me see here. All right. Put it up here. Bop. Bop. All right. So look, we're going to go from this angle. You're going to see it pop up. And the key factor here, this is the puck right here. You're never going to see it reach the crossbar. This is the point that I'm trying to make. It never gets all the way up to the crossbar. No, you're right. And it bounces back out. So how could it possibly have bounced back out without that factor? Here's a second angle play real quick. Uh, oh, this is the wrong. Where's the one from the front? I don't know. There's a front angle where it looks. Yeah, here we go. It looks like it hits the crossbar from this angle. Yeah. And this, like, this is the one where I can see where people are like, oh, that didn't go in the net. But when you combine this angle and how it bounces right back out with the angle from behind the net where it yeah. clearly didn't get high enough. It's well, that was, that's the only angle that they had on the Ducks brush. Yeah. So I was like, pretty sure that doesn't go in. Anyway, okay, so that goes in. We can move on from that. Yep. 100% a goal. It's, uh, that is what it is. Doesn't matter. Av still won the game. So that goal is meaningless to me. I don't care that the Ducks got a point. Um, looking at, he's struggling with that, that pinched nerve, AJ. You look like you're struggling there, man. It hurts, man. Got to work through the pain. Like the Avs had to do a little bit. Um, this is the type of game that, look, the Avs, what, brought their C game? This was not a good hockey game from them, but they found a way to win. Yeah, so let's, 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 there were two games that took place here. There was the first two periods and yeah, periods three and overtime. Sure. So the first two periods were garbage. Pretty uh, flat. They, they played horribly. They were frustrating. They weren't very good. I don't know what to. I'm 
it was just not it was it was bad. It was bad news bears. They looked tired, they looked like shit. There's, I mean, there's no. I think they had a decent start. They were out shooting the Ducks nine to three at one point in the first period, but that period ended up being eighteen to thirteen in the Ducks' favor. So the entire last second half, last three quarters of the period, the Ducks just jumped on them basically, and that continued painfully into the second period, where the Avs just they have had three shots on goal in a twenty minute period. I mean, that's just bad. There's no other word for that. Yeah. So. It's not. I don't want to harp on the same guys over and over and over, but we're seeing the Avs middle six continue to just get dominated at five on five. It's just a disaster. Yeah, I actually like Donskoy a lot more in this one. Um, when he gets kind of a physical edge to him, I think he's effective. Um, I really liked Nachushkin's motor. I thought he was playing hard. And I thought that the problems on his line, uh, that second line, were not, they didn't have to do with him. I thought Nachushkin was fine. It's the problem with Nachushkin is that he is really good in 80% of the ice. And the 20% of the ice where he is so bad is the critical part of offense. Is <laughs> the 20% of the ice where the other team's goal is. Yep. Literally, his best attribute so far this season offensively has been standing in front of the opposing goaltender. Not even not tipping anything. Not doing anything other than standing there and having a big wide butt. <laughs> he, like, you saw it in stereo tonight as he does great job screening the goalie, but if he has to whack at the puck to put it in the net, you're hoping. You're just hoping at that point that it doesn't hit yeah. anything on the way in. Yeah. Like but other than other than that, other than that that twenty percent. I really like what Natushkin did both tonight and last night. Sure. And I liked Don Squay because I thought he was just he was just engaged in the game. Um I liked some of the bottom six. I liked Couts in the third period. I thought Cout was very active in the third period, but for the one shift that he got? Yeah. But I I I have a, first of all, I have no problem with the fact that he didn't play very much. Uh, sure. He was, he was really, I thought he was, did nothing in those first couple of shifts. And he takes a lazy stick penalty that puts them behind the eight ball. You're going, I, you're going to get punished for that. I, I don't really have a problem with him being punished either, but I think my point is you can point out for most of these guys, a good shift. Calvert had some good shifts in there. Jost always has some good shifts. Yeah. Uh, but looking at, the same guys who's struggling consistently tonight. Nazem Kadri, JT Confer, and then probably Brandon Saad. You can throw in that, that trio yeah. as well. But so the thing with, I thought Saad, I thought it was, and when we come to Saad, I thought it was, it's complicated because yeah. I thought there were, I thought there were some really good moments. And then there were some obvious where you're just like, yeah, complete. Um, the, yeah. I think it's the second goal. Um, or I'm sorry, it's the first goal, the first Ducks goal. He's up high defending that cross ice pass, and he's like trying to bait the guy into it, but he's just sort of floating in that position, yep. and he's standing still, making it very easy for Hampus Lindholm to just jump into the play behind him. And say bye. Yep. Yeah, and he does, and it's like, dude, you don't have the foot speed to get through that. Like, you just don't. 
Yep. Um, and so he just, I don't know what he's reading there. He, he's totally just floating and being wildly ineffective. Um, but I thought that the pass that he made to Nachushkin, I thought was nice. It didn't have a lot on it, but it was a good, legit scoring chance for Nachushkin in front of the net. You know, Stonehands McGee is not going to finish that off. That's fine. I'm, whatever. But I thought I thought with Saad that there were there were moments with Kadri. I thought, boy, absolutely everything about his game right now is a train wreck. Yep, everything. Machuskin makes a really nice cross ice pass in the first period, bounces off his stick. He loses the puck. The subsequent puck battle that he created by not being able to handle a, an NHL pass. And it goes the other way, and it leads. It helps. It helps create the possession that turned into the first goal against. Like the guy is a the guy's a mess right now. Off on the power play, he the, the puck comes anywhere near him. He's either losing it, and one of his teammates is having to bail him out, or he's just flat out turning it over to the other team. It, there's nothing going right for him right now, yep. and he doesn't have any other attributes. His physicality has gotten him in trouble with penalties. Uh, he's not fast enough to make up for the mistakes that he's making. He's last guy back. Right now, nothing is going well for him. He's just not playing good hockey. He's just not. like. And the reason I, I know that there are angry people who are like, well, how many how many free passes are we going to give him? The guy's like a 10-year veteran. Okay, he has a super long track record of being good. Five games is not nearly enough time for you to be like, oh, we're pulling the plug on this guy. If we get 20 games into this and this is still going on, we're 15 games down the road, This is just, it's a huge problem for them. It's a huge problem. They they have to get more out of Nazem Kadri if they're going to be legit. They have to. But Kadri, like... He's going to get leeway. He deserves leeway. He's got way better in his he's, – he's shown way better through his entire career to believe that this is just now who he is. New Hook you can't put in the lineup because he's in college. And even if he wasn't, you're not dropping him on to the second-line job willy-nilly over a guy that's had a great career for 10 years in the NHL. That's not how the world works. It's how the world works when you can play video games and there are no repercussions to treating veterans and proven players like garbage. All right. We can take our first period break there. As we have Hassle Cattle Company, maybe Kadri needs a little bit of meat in his diet to get his game back on track. He definitely needs to join the meat squad. There you go. Get in on the meat squad. Brought to you by Damn Good Beer here at DMVR. We now are giving you damn good beef with Hassle Cattle Company, which equals hassle-free meat life. They are a fourth-generation cattle farm out of Texas, and they ship all over the USA, straight to your door even. They call their Wagyu the blue-collar Wagyu because it's the best Wagyu that every man and woman can afford. They offer in a bunch of different types, whether you want smoked sausage, New York strip, beef bacon, Wagyu frank, even jerky as well. They got you covered. Their hamburgers one. Food Network's Northeast Burger Jam. We know those are amazing, or at least I do. I had a bunch of awesome burgers from them. So head on over to HassleCattleCompany.com. That's H-A-S-S-E-L-L CattleCompany.com. And use promo code DNVR10 for 10% off your order. Plus, if you order over $200, you get free shipping as well. 
And of course, we're also sponsored by StravaCraftCoffee.com. You can get them down at the DNVR bar if you want some cold brew, or of course, you can get your old-fashioned coffee down from them, ordered for 20% off when you use code DNVR20. The CBD is non-psychoactive and has been known to help with many different aches and pains, so give it a try today. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast, we have Evan Rowell coming on the show. Before we get to the locker room, I'm sure this guy was talked about a little bit. King of the game for the Avs, Philip Grubauer. Uh, just a stellar performance from him. I'm sure Bednar had nothing but praise for this guy. Everyone had nothing but praise for this guy. He was, uh, Landy said he was the best player on the ice and Bednar was just heaping praise on him. Said he's seen a whole new level of determination from Grubauer this season. And yeah, it's showing that he, it sounds like Grubauer and the organization had talks with people inside and outside of the organization about what he can do to train so that he doesn't have these health issues moving forward. And that, you know, Bednar basically said they're seeing a whole new level of determination and, you know, they're what they're seeing out there right now is what they expected. All right. If that's what you're expecting out of Philip Grubauer and he can deliver as doing just fine. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Bednar was pretty adamant that, he did. He thought they played better in the first game against LA than they did tonight, and they should have. The only reason they won this game is because Grubauer, and because basically the top line cranked it up in the third period, and they scored some timely goals and had some guys step up. He was. He did not sound like a happy man after that game. Did you know all goals are timely? <laughs> I did because they happen at a uh, time and a period of the game. <laughs> Allegedly, except for goals that don't actually happen, but that didn't happen. Yeah, see, goals that don't count are not timely goals. Those True. are not timely goals. True. Because <laughs> uh, it didn't happen. <laughs> I mean, the other story of the night was the arrival of Bowen Byram in the third period of this game. I, you hear the you hear the locker room always kind of talk up their rookies a little bit, but what was the feeling there? Um, they're pumped. I mean. <laughs> Because I, wa- I asked Bednar, I was like, this 2D, one forward thing, was that something you guys had planned coming in? Or just is that what you saw based off tonight? And he said, no, we planned this coming into the year. We now we weren't happy with the way we checked in, the, in, the, uh, in overtime in the past, and now we have defensemen that we know we could put out there. And he mentioned Byram, so they have planned for this moving forward. And, yeah, he was really happy with the way he played. He said, he, especially in the third period, the way he stepped up and – to me, it doesn't sound like he's coming out of the lineup anytime soon, especially because he was once again forced to reiterate Eric Johnson is not playing anytime soon and that they had no plans to play him on this trip. They were just literally forced to that one night. Yeah, it, expectations are he will not be returning to the lineup. So whatever it is, going to have a real hard time taking Byram out, out at this point. So, Yeah, I mean, he was in the top four at the end of the game. What else? You, there's yeah. no way you can take him out, especially the way you know, Graves look tonight. I don't. There's no way you can take this guy out. So yeah. for the for the record, just if, in case anybody was curious, Bowen Byram on ice tonight, uh, 22 Corsi, 420 or 14 against at even at even strength, um, 10 to eight shot advantage, 11 to seven scoring chance advantage, two to nothing goal advantage, seven to three high danger chance advantage. So puck is moving the correct direction. I. I, I do want to. I see the chat talking about COVID issues for EJ. I, 
don't read too much into this. Like, I think people are trying to read too much into this. Bednar literally said he could not do anything for 15 days because of the rules. Yeah, this is this is his training camp this this week and next week. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he they're just saying he's not ready, and until he's ready, they're not going to put him in because they have guys that they can play, and that's just the reality of it. He went 15. To, he met. I mean, we all know he was hurt. Like he had an abnormal summer to begin with. I'm sure. And now this happened. This is not COVID-related. And this is, I mean, when Byram plays like this, it makes it a lot easier for them to say, okay, EJ, get get ready. Just do what you got to do to get ready. I wanted to do a comparison here, and this is not going to be kind to Ryan Graves, but I already know what Kale McCarr's underlying numbers are in this game, thanks to AJ. And I don't know what Ryan Graves are, but I imagine there is a gulf between these two sets of numbers because Kale McCarr put up underlying numbers of a player that is absolutely elite tonight. And Ryan Graves, I I'm in agreement with Evan was the Avs worst defenseman by a mile tonight. So I agree. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Everyone keeps yelling about pattern and it's like, if both of those games, there's been one defenseman worse than him. And it's like, well, I don't think he's coming out because somebody else keeps playing worse than him. But yeah, Graves, the the pinch on that goal was just yeah it reminded me of that Ian Cole pinch <laughs> in that Carolina game last year where it's just like tie game late what are you doing like oh, there's the no game? yeah against Carolina where it's just like where they gave up two goals in the last three minutes and then the empty netter and a one nothing win turned into a three one loss yeah like you have to understand what the situation is and why are you pinching. Why are you standing there at the offensive blue well, line? He had just made that exact same decision a minute earlier, and he got away with it, and he slapped the puck towards the center of the ice and then was able to get back. That time, <clears throat> nope. No missed recovery, it, missed yeah. it completely, and they went right by him. And that's the problem is that he has to make that decision. He's got He put himself in a position to make that call, and it's like, dude, like – you you left Greg Patteron out there hanging to dry there. It's it that that is, it's telling that Byram got the bump up above those guys so quickly because he was pushing the puck, he was moving it in the right direction. Things were going well when he was out there, and they just wanted him. They wanted him out there to to keep giving him opportunities. And then by the end of the game, it was very clear that there was a top four and there was a bottom. And it was that bottom wasn't good. I mean, who they got crushed. The it's painfully obvious. The worst Corsi players for the abs in this game, Ryan Graves, JT Confer, Greg Patteron, Matt Calvert, Pierre Edouard Belmar, Val Nachushkin. Everyone else was fifty percent or better, with McCarr, Taze, Lanniscog, McKinnon, and Rantanen topping the charts of just completely in control of this game when they stepped out on the ice. Yeah. And like Belmar was at least close, right? Like it's, yeah, he's it's, 40% or something. Yeah. yeah. Not, not a lot happened. Like low event too. Yeah. Yeah. Very low event where one, you know, one goes either way and it's like, Oh, well, you're 40% now you're 50%. But it, these, these other guys, I mean, Ryan Graves at even strength, one shot for 13 shots against one scoring chance for, Nine against at even strength. Zero high danger chances for, five against for Graves. Like, this is one where you didn't need to look up 
you didn't need to look up the numbers. Graves Graves got crushed, and it was obvious. Let's. I want to expand this to the entire season because I see chat is talking about it. Who is the Avs' best defenseman so far this year? Uh, realistically, I think the conversation is between Taves and Gerard. Yeah, I don't know which one of those guys I would take, but it's one of them. Evan, you got a pick you like? Um, I kind of want to lean towards Taves because I feel like he's been consistently yeah. steady to the point where I legitimately cannot remember like a big mistake from him. So far that's, this year. Well, and that's it's funny because that's how we judge defensemen. Offensively, they both have been really, really good. And so it's like, okay, great. Which which guys made the big mistake? If you take out the big mistake from Gerard in game one, then how do you feel? Yeah. Chad uh-huh. is pretty split between the two. So <laughs> I think it's if you take out the big mistake in game one, I think it's Gerard. If you include it, I'll say Taves. Because that was I mean, that was a backbreaking mistake. It goes from two one to three one and then they packed it in and gave up the rest of that game. Yeah. So it wasn't like it was a meaningless mistake. That's the thing that broke the team in the third period of the first game of the season. But after that, I feel like Gerard has been so good everywhere, all over the ice. And I think Taves has probably been more consistent defensively, but less dynamic offensively. He's got the two big bombs for the goals on the power play. Who set him up? So I feel like... I would probably lean Gerard. Yeah, I mean, it's close. I, I'd give it. I mean, I'm serious now. I'm thinking about. It. I don't remember many. I don't really think Taves has made them a mistake this year. In all honesty, and the thing is, he's playing in every situation. And Gerard got it. Gerard got a chance to play in the PK tonight. I loved it. I was fairly happy to see it. So, um, yeah, they're playing awesome and. It's uh, nothing but good things right now. That top four is like the dream top four that they ended the game with tonight. Like, And it's crazy that it took one and a half games to get there. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see how he resists that temptation moving forward. But so honestly, commit, like, yeah. like Taves with either one of them, yeah. like any combination of those top four is yeah. exciting. Well, we've – everyone – always assume Byram Makar, but we've always felt like it could be My- Byram Gerard, and that they yeah. look good. I think the only thing that's going to stop them is the fact that then you're left with Graves Patteron as a third pair, and we can, we've already seen through these two games they, they cannot move the puck together. Well, and, and how do you feel? How differently do you feel if that's Graves Johnson or Graves Timmons or Timmons Johnson? Yeah. Feel a lot like once <laughs> once those guys once those guys start to start to get and push into it, like I'm sorry, but those, like, I have never discounted the idea of sitting Ryan Graves, regardless of the contract. I've always kind of wondered about it, if they would if they would do that. I mean, um, clearing I've, Ian Cole makes that a lot more of a reality. Like I, The fact that Timmons hasn't, like, out and out just taken a job. Sure. You know, his, his four games, like, whatever, right? Um, but the fact that the fact that he wasn't so good in those games makes it a murkier conversation for him. But you know, EJ EJ's going to play. Then you're going to have a real hard time sitting by him. Yeah. Even if your yeah. third pairing is is Graves and Johnson, <laughs> could do a lot worse. Like you're you're seriously <laughs> talking about you're seriously talking about Eric Johnson on your third pairing. Third pairing, like. Ice time will dictate all this stuff, right? But 
It's good. It's good. It's, well, because like there's five guys in there that are absolutely like Eric Johnson's not what he was. Certainly not offensively, but defensively the guy's still rock solid. He's very reliable. And and does does a really good job. He's gonna be he's gonna be a valuable asset to them. He's gonna be a plus player for them. Whew. Yeah. It's there's so much competition on this defense right now, especially once EJ gets back. It's like I mean, if EJ was healthy right now, Graves would be not playing Sunday because he was directly responsible for two goals tonight. Like just that's just how it is. Like yeah. if you have that depth then you that's how you keep the competition well, going with them. I mean, I think the contrast is so stark too, because you look at how were all three goals generated tonight by the Avs. A fantastic pass by Gerard on the power play, a fantastic pass by Byram for the second goal, and then Kale McCarr helping what ultimately Landeskog ended up wrapping well, around that, the goal. But we haven't talked about it, but that read that he made because Gibson was like yeah. Yeah. I'm going to come way out. I'm going to get aggressive. I'm going to catch you in a change. And McCarr read Gibson's aggression and was Heels like, pass. Yep. guess what? <laughs> I'm going to whip my thing out. And we're going to compare sizes. And <laughs> it just didn't go his way. Like John Gibson, John, John Gibson got a skyscraper, but it's Kale, it's Kale McCarr. <laughs> All right. So if Gibson's rocking a skyscraper, is Landy like we're talking about a rocket ship to the moon here? Yeah. Really? He's a, he's a tower of power. <laughs> Friday. <laughs> yeah, it's it's way after dark. You did not just say a tower. <laughs> <laughs> just for the record, Byram d- did play more than both those guys in the third period. So. I mean, Byron was the best defenseman in the third period. If we're putting it just that period, like I don't think it was close. Yeah, it started with that super ballsy play in the D zone where yeah. he circled back and then oh, he just like, slowly flips oh, it between the two. Oh, four I, saw, I saw it like in development. I was like, "Don't do it, dude! Yeah, don't do it. This is going to get you benched." And it worked. And I was like. All right, man, you're, you're a superstar. What do I know? Starts drifting through those two <laughs> players, and and your butt's just like, <laughs> don't do but it. But that's what that's what they want. They want him to yeah. play his game, and he just like mm-hmm. was like, here's my game, bring it. And then the next shift, he just shoves Getzlaff. And I love in the post game interview how Landis Cog specifically named as Getzlaff because I don't think they like that guy. <laughs> He's just like, oh man, what he did to Getzlaff. <laughs> When it happened and he sh- he shook him, I was like, dude. Like, after what McKinnon did to Getzlaff last year when he put him through the spin cycle, and now after that, like, I don't think Ryan Getzlaff wants to play these guys anymore. <laughs> oh, speaking of McKinnon, oh, poor Shattenkirk. Oh, poor Shattenkirk. <laughs> That's got to be... I would probably legitimately crap myself if McKinnon was I flying mean, down the wing on me. He just fell over, right? Like, <laughs> well, McKinnon's coming full speed. Like, what do you expect? Yeah, you have no. You're trying to cross over as quick as you can, and that's that's what happens if you go too fast. <laughs> okay, uh, we can take our our second period break. On that note, let you guys know about Mike and Virginia Chevalier with Chevalier Mortgage. Uh, I think Kevin Shattenkirk may be looking to insure his ankles at this point after that play. But if you want to insure something a little bit more important, like your house, not insure purchase with a mortgage words, you know, I'm good at them. Sometimes head on over to dnvrmortgage.com and check out what they have to offer. They've been doing it for a long time. They know what the ins and out of the business are. And yeah, 
There are great rates right now, but Mike and Virginia bring you much more than that because Mike is a certified financial planner and can look beyond the rate when it comes to designing your home loan. Plus, they're a small-owned, family-owned business even, and you can be personal with them just like us here at DNVR. Supporting our partners is supporting us. So you can call Virginia directly at 303-257-6578 or head on over to dnvrmortgage.com. Get yourself signed up for a free consultation and even the chance to win some free DNVR merch. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast with Rudo, AJ, and Evan coming at you live post-game style here. And Allie, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Cannot forget to mention the producers. That overtime, let, let's talk about it because I hate what the NHL is doing to three-on-three overtime. I despise how much fun they are sucking out of it. The Ducks played the most boring overtime I've ever seen, and it didn't even work. They didn't even get a shot on goal out of it. There you go. Just goes to show you. Doesn't work. Stop it. Start playing fun YOLO three-on-three hockey again. Why Why mess with anything? Uh, this is the part of the show where we credit John Gibson once again, by the way because this game was beyond over without him for Anaheim. We don't, we're not even talking about Nathan McKinnon's penalty shot. Haven't even mentioned it because Gibson just didn't even care. Didn't make it look easy. Yeah. (laughs) Dude's ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah. That was what a wild sequence that was for him in overtime. Just give it away, make a ridiculous save and then, and then scramble back. Yeah. Yeah. The highs to the lows the, of that. My sequence. favorite part of that is when Landeskog picks up the rebound and Gibson's way out of net and he realizes <laughs> it. Yeah. And you can you can just see, you like, see you the can, moment of him going. Yeah, and it's like in, in my head I heard like the solid snake like getting caught. <laughs> you know, like the, and the and the exclamation point went up <laughs> above his head. And it goes off because all of a sudden he you can just oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. And he's trying so hard to get back and Landeskog just Barely wraps it in, and it was just because it was a race to the far post. Who's gonna get there first? And ooh, Landy just barely beat him. I, I don't <laughs> Who knows even, what happens if he does? Like, we like, have no I don't idea even what happens. I think Landy that. beat him, he just got there before Gibson could get set, so it just kind of slipped into the net. <laughs> yeah, Gibson just had too much momentum, he just like rode into the net. Well, yeah. What in the world is Silverberg? He's just standing on the far side of the net with yeah, a stick like and sitting there. Like, dude, <laughs> at least push the net off the moorings or something. Like, you're just letting this happen. What are you doing? Yeah. I, I mean, just, go- it was so crazy. Going back to overtime, I mean, I, I think I've said before, I just don't – overtime stop being fun, and that's what happens when coaches get their hands on it. Is that yeah, of course. It gets out overcoached, and it's not fun anymore, and – now the two defensemen one forward thing looks brilliant because now you're just like, okay, well, if you want to be patient, we have two defensemen that are just going to defend, yep. and this is what's going to happen. Oh, and one one of them's Kale McCarr, who's basically a forward too. So well, and then it's like, okay, so they can do that. They can they can roll out there. They can roll any combination of Taves, McCarr, Gerard, and Byram, and just play two defensemen, and then still have a superior offensive talent. When they get the puck. I've been asking them to start 
overtimes like this for years. Because if you win it, then you can just send a defenseman off if you want to play two forwards. Like, it's so easy to just drop the two of them in there, especially now because their their defensemen skate so freaking well that three on three isn't even scary. <laughs> but it's, I mean. Oh, first, just answer. There's no news on Pavel. He hasn't skated yet, so no one knows what's going on with him. But, um, I mean, the Avs didn't even touch the puck for, like, the first minute and a half yeah. in that overtime. The first time they legitimately had control was when McCarr got it. That's what's funny yeah. about the whole thing is that the whole patience thing from the Ducks just didn't work out because they didn't have the skill to really take over. Well, and, and for the first time in, my gosh, it seems like the um, forever, in years, the Avs didn't do anything self-defeating in overtime. You know, it looked like Miko had totally lost his guy, and then he blocks the shot. And it yep. was like, well. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about Miko. If you guys didn't, they, I don't know if you did. All you. Let it rip. He has looked insane the last yeah. two games. Like, he's unstoppable when he he's like this. So he, You cannot do anything about a man that big. And then you see how he skated on that the goal he scored, like, to beat the icing. Yeah. What do you do? Like you, if he plays like this, he's legitimately like a top ten forward in this league, and you can't do anything about stopping him. Because that's the funny part about it, man, is that you can't do anything about it. You're just stuck. Yeah. Like you, what? I, I put okay. money on the Art Ross. I should have put money on him when the freaking Rocket like, Richard at this point. This, this huge like marble chunk of a human still. being. Is just is just rolling down the ice, and by the way, is, has all the skill in the world to just beat you up. And he's getting slick passes from Nathan McKinnon and Bowen Byram, and you just shrug your shoulders at that point. Like, yeah, well, and, and we talked about so we talked about Miko every single post game show in the postseason about and how, how he was it just not didn't that look good. Yeah. It didn't look right. It, it, it just the like he was finding his way to points. He ended up with like twenty points in fourteen or fifteen games. Like it was. You know, like the guy, the guy fell into the into the to the production, but to the eye, we were all, we were watching Nico all the time. Like, what's what's going on here? What's wrong? And now you fast forward to now, and it's oh yeah, nothing's wrong anymore. This yeah. is what we were accustomed to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Last year was just it seemed every time he might have been able to get going with missing camp, and then I think a month of the season he got hurt. And then he gets going, and then he gets hurt again. It was, it was just a little bit of everything. So it, it never felt after the ankle injury. It never felt like he was one hundred percent on his feet last year. Yeah, for the it rest felt of like, the it felt like a lost year. Yep. So yeah. Miko led the league in scoring. That was two years ago. Yeah, yeah. like ten weeks, for like forty games or something. Yeah. Yeah. It. it the Avs ceiling is just stupid, ridiculous with with the talent well, that they have. That's part of the frustration, you know. It's, it's they're it's nowhere near see, it. Yeah, it's funny to see all of the frustration about Kadri and Saad, and when the Avs released their first, because you know we didn't get any training camp, and so that that one day where they released the, the lineup for the first time. And we got to talk about lines and stuff, and everybody was like, oh, their second line is like a first line on bad teams. Oh, they've got two first lines. Oh, and <laughs> you fast forward it. Literally, the season started on the 13th. We are, it is the night of the 22nd. Not even and 10 days. <laughs> it is trade for PLD, put Alex Newhook in Kadri's place, 
trade Brandon Saad for whatever you can get. <laughs> like, that's how poorly it's gone. Everything has looked so bad team-wide, and they're 3-2. and two. Yep, above 500. Uh, uh, one more negative I did want to touch on across the course of the season so far. Ignoring the 8-0 game, as we're going to do a lot, I imagine, this season, the Avs are scoring one 5-on-5 five five goal per game. Less than one, really, if you include game one. Uh, the 5-on-5 five five production just is not there for this team right now. Top to bottom. Uh, you, you're getting some from the top line, but even then, you expect more production at 5-on-5, five five, period. They were so good last year at it. Yep. And the one thing I would say is... This is very Lightning-esque. How they started this year, through five games so far, it's it's where Tampa Bay was last year, where they came out of the gate and they kind of were sluggish through the through the first part of the season. Yeah. To be honest with you, you don't want to come out of the gate and be playing at your absolute best. Because then, yeah, yeah, well, then you never, you never get back to it, and you spend the entire time feeling like, why can't we get there? It just, it just puts you into a mental trap, where you're like, oh, but of course you'd love to come out and go ten and zero, but where do you go from there? How do you get any better from there? How do you do that the entire season? And then you spend the whole season in your head about trying to get back to that. It's basically, it's basically the Buffalo Sabres special. Like if you're gonna be three and two after five games and feel one disappointed about it, but two, it's like there's so much room for improvement here. There's so much room for improvement. And the number one biggest question that people had about the abs coming into the season was goaltending. And it hasn't been through five games, hasn't been a topic of conversation at all. It's been with Grubauer, and it's been great. Uh, Evan, is the solution as simple as the middle six just getting it together? Does that solve the five-on-five issues? Uh, Yeah, I feel like it's solved a lot of them. I mean, I'm trying to think back to a five-on-five goal they scored this year that McKinnon was not a part of. Um, And, I mean, really the one I'm thinking, I think Donskoy scored in that 8 nothing game, but it was like... half a second after the power play ended so they made even strength but yeah it's it's as simple as the middle six getting going let's just it, it is what it is i think they really do miss burakovsky right now sure. like he's basically instant offense for that's and he's the game breaker that they don't have beyond the top three right now so well, they I mean, miss him and you know i don't know if the players would ever admit this but i wonder if they could have used a couple of preseason games because that second line just does not look like they've I mean, they haven't played together, but it's been five games and they still don't look like they've ever played together. So, I don't know. It's just, uh, they got to get going and, you know, there's not much to it because the fourth line can only do so much because they have a limit on what they can actually do. Yeah. Like, Burkowski's important, but Burkowski's absence is not why Kadri's playing, like, garbage. It's not why Brandon Sod's off to a really slow start. Yeah. Those, like, his presence makes the team better. Obviously, but their their problems are independent of his presence. Yeah, yeah. I, I 
I could talk about Comfort, but I really don't want to talk about him every post game and just drag him down. <laughs> well, like it just is what it is. Let's take Omar's not an NHL player anymore. A quick moment to remind you all to like and subscribe. It's an actual law that if you're a bosexual, you have to like this video. So, absolutely. I saw you saw chat talking about it earlier today. I know oh a couple goodness. of bosexuals in here. Okay, so. You have to like the video if if that's the case. It's it's a law. Um, <laughs> or you could like the video just yeah, if you, you like don't the have video. to be a bisexual to like the video, <laughs> but, but it's a one way street. Okay, it's a one way street. <laughs> <Good Lord>. <laughs> <laughs> um, final thoughts. Moving into wrapping up tonight's show. Again, I I just keep coming back to the same place that I started this show with. Was it? Ugly at times? Yeah. Was it dirty at times? Yeah. Did the Avs get two points tonight? Yeah. Easy. And the two points are the only thing that matters when you look at it in the schedule or or on the when you're looking back at how the Avs season went. What is happening right now? Ali's playing like <laughs> checkers with us or something right now. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> lost their minds about the guy playing solitaire oh, yeah. on, the, on the ball I'm arena. I'm figure out which fits the best. Yeah, see, I'm the tallest <laughs> on my camera, so that's why I work the best down here. Um, uh, I don't want to ruin everyone's fun, but both the Pong and the Solitaire are pre-recorded videos on the ice. Yeah. It's not actually someone playing the games. Sorry to break everyone's I couldn't, dreams. I couldn't believe, one, how many people believed that was happening. Yeah. And, two, how many people were like, this is amazing! <laughs> right, right. I was just, I was just shocked by it, because I was like, you guys have never seen this before, huh? Grew sexuals also acceptable to like the video. Uh, I'll allow it. <laughs> uh, anyway, five games into the season, the Avs are three and two. They have six points. They're chilling in the top half of the West. Yeah. And After all that talk about how great Vegas started uh, for, through five games, the Avs are two points back. And Vegas got straight bodied tonight oh, by yeah. Arizona. <laughs> The goal differential, Vegas is at plus six and Colorado's at plus five. Hmm. 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 Wow. What time is it even in Australia? I have no idea. It's morning, probably. All right. That's not too bad. When I was in Australia during the playoffs like four years ago, it was like the game started at like 7 a.m. So it's got to be early there. So. Um, my final thoughts on this game is I hope they play Cout again on Sunday. I don't think this was a game to really get him in any rhythm, and I feel like you got to give him another chance. That's just my final thought because I don't think I think Bednar said Berkey's not going to be ready for Sunday. I I would play Cout over going eleven seven for sure. How do you know if a guy is not going to be ready several days in advance <laughs> and then say that he's freaking day to day? I just we just need to, somebody needs to sit Bednar down and tell him. This is not day-to-day. What you are talking about is a week-to-week designation. You know he's out for the rest of this week. So stop saying he's day-to-day. Just stop it. It's so annoying. <laughs> it is It is such an annoying thing that he has always done. And I'm just like, this is not what day-to-day means. He hasn't talked to the trainers, all right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, 
I'm excited to wake up to see that PLD is a Jet. That's going to be fun. Yeah, sounds like the Jets are leading that one. But uh, 6 p.m., oh, that's like the evening. This one made me laugh. Yeah, for, <laughs> he really was. Colin, Colin Wilson was day-to-day, and then we asked about it after a month, and he was like, who? <laughs> <laughs> What's up? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can you say that name again? Run that by me. I don't. I've never heard of him. And that's, right. Yeah, that's when it's bad. And then if he says week to week, it's like, oh, that guy's dead. He's not coming back. Well, and the weirdest thing was that one time, that one time, he comes out and he starts the presser and he goes, Larry Johnson's out for the next however long it was with an exact number. <laughs> With a with a fractured patella, and uh, Varley is out with uh, you know he's out for two to three months with uh, whatever whatever it ended up being, and it was like very specific, and it was like, <laughs> what the hell? And I guess he just thinks that there's a competitive advantage to a team constantly being like, well, is Burkowski out three days in advance? Okay, great. Anyway, as always, we'll have to play the injuries by ear, but we're going to get out of here for the night. I guess. Good morning to our UK people. Good evening to our East Coast people. Like and subscribe if you haven't already. It really does help us out a lot on the YouTube channel. That's why we ask you to do so. Of course, Mm -hmm. in the next coming hours, you can check out the DNVR.com. We'll have post-game articles, grades, my other video as well. As always, We love y'all. I hope y'all have a great Friday, or if it's Saturday for some of you, Saturday, I guess. I don't know how time zones work. Thank you for watching, listening, however you consume the podcast. We will be back. I believe we'll be at the DNVR bar for postgame for Sunday's game. Hopefully. Fingers crossed on that one. Come on down and, and watch with us there if it does end up working. But until then, we'll talk to you guys later.